Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, wishing you a happy 2019. I hope yours started better than mine as I woke up on January 1st having back spasms and have been <laughs> laid up in bed uh, basically the entire time since oh, the new well, year. I, I did not know this. Okay. My, okay, uh, well. my year started like a bad country song. Uh, I blew out my back. My dog threw up on my shoe. Uh, you know, just not great stuff, but, uh, so have you, uh, have you figured out what's going on with your back or anything? Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone, uh, I've gone and got some treatment at a chiropractor. I, I've, I'm in much better shape now than I was when I, when I woke up on Wednesday, I couldn't really do anything. Wow. Okay. Uh, Today I was cleared to work from the office for half a day. Up till okay. now, I've been doing work by laying on my side in bed with my laptop. So wow, okay, okay. So, so you're going through a little bit of like Tiger Woods uh, type of stuff. Yeah, except mine happened because I was moving uh, a chair, not because oh, really? I was a elite level golfer who also <laughs> was like participating in SEAL Team Six training. Well, yeah, yeah. My my mom has this stuff happen to her all the time too. So it's it's not fun. And unfortunately, it probably means it'll continue to happen to you. Wow, you are an optimist. Thank Sorry, you. Sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to be. I mean, you know, my, my mom and grandma both have gone through this, and, you know, like, back trouble is back trouble. It, it uh, I mean, maybe not. Hopefully, you'll be the exception to the rule, but it seems like uh, when it happens, it can strike at any point. Yeah, well, and we know your mom listens to the beginning, so if she has she any does. advice, please, yes. with the story, send it through the grapevine. Let me know uh, what you do. Unfortunately, I don't think she has any advice. What she's <laughs> going to hear is, yeah, and it sucks. Because uh, uh, not too long ago, she was up here and, you know, limping around the entire weekend. That she, you know, every time she got up out of a chair, would have to, like, hold her back before it went back to normal. Great. Well, I am so, yeah. pumped, but you Hopefully know what? Yours is better. You, you know, know what's I, amazing I, about I, this? For as bad as my back has been, it's still better than ASU basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's been. Uh, I was gonna start off, you know, until I realized your your health uh, issues. I was gonna start off and say it's been a while since we've talked. Uh, thirteen days, and the tone is gonna be a little bit different than the last time we talked thirteen nights ago. So. You and I were at the ASU Kansas game, which we won against the number one team yeah. in the country. You and I stuck around for like ninety minutes after the game yeah. ended. We met Bobby Hurley. We took a photo with him, and apparently sucked the life force Everything out of the team. Has failed since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really think it's our fault. Um, I, I think uh, you know, go back to the emotions of that night and. One thing I've been thinking, you know, the last, well, you know, certainly the last 24 hours since we lost to Utah as well, was, you know, it, it felt like that night that it was like, you know, we've arrived. And maybe that's a mentality that, that, you know, and it's hard to get out of that mentality, but we do this as ASU fans. We win one big game and it's like, well, we've arrived. And, and you know, you've arrived when you can stop thinking about when you've arrived, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when, when you've arrived as a big-time program is that a big win doesn't make you think, wow, we've cleared a hurdle. You just think, yeah, it was a big win, on to the next one. And then you win the next one. Mm-hmm. And we're not quite there yet, obviously. 
Yeah, ASU dropped the final non-conference game at home to Princeton, uh, which is not the Princeton team of our childhood. It's a very mediocre Ivy League program. Yeah. Uh, And then we opened conference play at home against the Utah Utes, who have not been that good, and proceed to get soundly beaten in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things I think that is, you know, not getting away from big picture things that we need to discuss, but this team has struggled to put together a complete game this year. It seems like, um, you know, we, we talked about it in positive terms about Kansas. The fact is we were outplayed fairly significantly for the first, you know, 30 plus minutes of that game. Then we played well at the end and we won. Georgia was the same thing. We were outplayed most of that game. Then we had was games the like the other way. We, we played was the other at way. the beginning right. and couldn't hold the lead. Nevada. You know, we had a we had a double digit lead at halftime. Gave it up. Now, granted, Nevada is a really good team, um, but then this was the same thing: seventeen point lead in the first half. You know, let it get down to four by halftime, and then badly outplayed in the second half. I mean, you, you've got to you got to play a complete game, and we haven't done that enough this year. Uh, you know, against legitimate opponents, um, and, well, and even opponents that aren't as legitimate. Uh, you yeah. know, and that's that's the concern for me. And one I- of them. Everything that you feared sort of reared its head in that game. The free throw yeah. shooting was bad. The defense couldn't chase them off the three point line at all. Um, yeah, yeah, know. gosh, and way it, too many outside shots. That you know, I mean, yes, they shot well, and if those shots don't go in, we win anyway. But too many good looks. You know, you, you give them easy looks, more of them are going to go in in all likelihood. So it's you know. Here's why it's panic time. The Kansas win is not enough. It's not last season. We're not 13 and 0 and going to be able no, to No, we're coast. not. And we don't have a Xavier win to go along with it. You know, Mississippi State's a nice win. They're a good team. But we lost but to not, Nevada. If we would have we lost Nevada, to Nevada, it would have been different. Right. Lost to Nevada, we lost to Vandy, who's, you know, a, a you know, maybe a borderline tournament team, but the SEC is tough, so I don't know about that. Um, we lost to Princeton, and the Pac-12 is really bad. Well, and and so, the alarm's been sounding a lot that it's you know it's an auto big conference. Yes, and, yes. You know the as sad as this statement's going to be, the injury to Bull Bull at Oregon. Yes, I think guarantees that now. Because I mean, it might. Such it a, might uh, he was such a unique player that right. you, you almost think, well, he could overcome if they had gotten hot, yeah. you know, in the conference season. And it would I mean, have made I, you know, I still, matter. Yeah, yeah. I still think if a team goes, let's say, you know, fifteen and three or better, which I doubt is going to happen, but if they do, that team is probably going to get in at large, regardless of what they do in that conference tournament. But if you're looking at, you know, uh, the variety of teams, a pack of teams somewhere in the 12 and 6 to 9 and 9 range, I'm not sure you're getting an, an at-large out of that. And and so, you know, for us, yeah, it's only 0 and 1, but it's a home loss to a team that's not very good. And so you start, you know, you, you start playing that game of, okay, how many conference games can you win? And here's the problem with this team. You know, yes, they beat Kansas and yes, they, you know, played Nevada tough. But they've also now lost to Princeton. They had to go to double overtime to beat Fullerton. They've lost to Utah. 
So is this team really that good? I'm not sure. And well, 13 and games are, into the year, I was hoping to know that by now. Those are all home games, too. I right, mean, right, yeah. So, so it's uh, it's just it's concerning to me that we can't seem to handle prosperity. This is the same thing that happened last year. And last year's team, yeah, it was very guard reliant. It was very outside shooting reliant. So you thought, well, okay, shooting went cold. The guards stopped playing out of their minds. But this year's team's different. It was supposed to be less vulnerable to stuff like that. And, you know, at least so far, it's not. ASU had only nine turnovers against 15 assists, uh, but they were out-rebounded by Utah, which is not good. Um, No, it's not. And it wasn't like either team had a monster rebounding presence. I mean, no one on Utah had more than six rebounds, but they just team-rebounded their way to 38-34 on that advantage. Right, right. I mean, you know, it comes down to it. Rebounding and defense are supposed to be this team's strengths, and rebounding was not an advantage, and we gave up, what, 57 points in the second half. Yeah. That's going to be hard to win very often. Yeah. Um, the, you know. the, other, the other two numbers to me that, you know, obviously when you lose by 10, there are a lot of things that right. tell the tale, but Zylan Cheatham was 4 of 5 from 3. Remy yeah. Martin was 2 of 3 from 3. Rob Edwards, 3 of 5 from 3. But... Sherry and Dort combined for two of fourteen. Yeah, that's too Kamani many misses. Lawrence did not make a field goal. No, no, and was only he's... two of four at the line. We were only fifteen yeah. of twenty-five at the line. Yeah, Kamani Lawrence, after getting out to a torrid start, has kind of gone quiet. Um, he, he's he's looking more like the guy who didn't really have a role last year and just kind of struggled to find his footing. And he got out to such a good start that I hope not to see that now. You know, it's only a handful of games, and I don't want to draw any major conclusions. I mean, it's it's two poor games, um, but it's just it's just disappointing because I allowed myself to think after the Kansas game and in the week after that that you know were we were we at that point that you look back on years later and say, well, something special was happening. This is it, and that feeling has completely gone away from me now. Less than two weeks later, and. It just that that I guess is more disappointing to me than anything else. Um, and you just you know, why can't we get over the hump in the conference season? Maybe we still will this year, but that's that's concerning because this is not a good conference. Wasn't last year, worse this year. Um, you know, all these non-conference wins are great, but you gotta you gotta do it when it matters most, and this is the time it matters most. I guess the best thing I can say about what happened is it was on Pac-12 Network, so no one saw it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, but you know, you're you're right. I mean, it, it it all comes down to you know what kind of resume can you put together at the end of the year? And yeah, win over Kansas is is very likely to look really good at the end of the year because they're always good. We saw how talented they were. They didn't even have one of their best players in that game. That you know, they win the Big Twelve annually. Um, you know, Big Twelve's good, but you'd be a crazy person not to bet on them to win it because they win it every year. Um, and, and so it will probably look good, but the rest of that isn't, isn't great. Nine and three is not great. Um, and, and you know, the conference season has been very good. I mean, you're going to have to probably go 14 plus conference wins to really realistically feel good about an at large. And that means now you got to go 14 and three because you've already dropped the first one at home to a substandard team. Matt, do you think that ASU 
is doomed to to mediocrity in basketball. And, and no, I, I will never allow myself to think that. Because once you think that, I think it's it's over. At that, I mean, like once you get to that mentality, um, you know, it's it's like, what's the point of being a fan? And I will I will never think that because there's too many examples in sports of college programs, NFL teams, baseball teams, basketball teams that you feel like, well, they're always going to stink. And then something happens and they don't stink anymore. And you look back and think, remember when they were laughing stocks? Um, you know, or or mediocre. I mean, a great example to me and one I've used with you before is Clemson football. Clemson football for most of our childhood was, you know, the program that could never really get over the hump. They had some good teams. They were always supposed to be better than they were, but they never were. Well, now they are. They are big time, and and they've arrived, and no one even questions that anymore. And so, you know, you, you keep at it, but it's. It, it's disappointing that this, you know, I, I thought we were kind of in that moment and now I feel less like it. I think at this point, my my hope is that we are like the White Sox team that won the World Series out of nowhere. And yeah. I'm like, I think our destiny for at least this year is we'll have to get hot, surprise some people, win the conference title to, you know, to have any shot of doing anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. you know, unfortunately, it already starts to feel like, you know, it's going to be one of those where you've got to win that tournament in Vegas. And that's not the situation you want to be in in early January, especially when you had the, you know, the 9-2 and two start that we had beating Kansas Beating Mississippi you were right State, seventeenth in the country. Right, right. You know, you don't feel like it should come down to that, and it still may not. I mean, one loss to Utah and one loss to Princeton is not going to doom you, but it just leaves you with such little margin for error the rest of the way. Um, you know, if if we can get really hot, but do you see that in this team? I don't. Well, it's, it's not a great outside shooting team. Um, Look, I, I love know. Bobby Hurley, and I think Bobby Hurley, if we're going to make a leap, it's going to be because of a guy like him. Yeah. But we haven't had a good conference season under Bobby Hurley. No, we have not. And, no, you're and, right. You know, the, and that's, that's a fair thing to point out at this point. It's year four, uh, and, and I believe that's very fair to point out that he so far has not really had much success in the conference. You know, and now we've lost this home game, and and I think right. it matters that it's at home. It does. You know, it does. if we had if we had won run. the home court and swept at home and yes. split on the road, I would say, well, we might win the conference with yeah. that. We're certainly in the top three. and five, fourteen and four, something like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, this is one that if you and look, it's dangerous to do this. We've found this in football. But if you looked before the conference season and you had to rank like, okay, what are the games that are most winnable, for, you know, all the way down to the ones that look the hardest, I think you probably would have put home to Utah in the top third of most winnable, maybe even higher than that. And yeah. you lost that. And so now and again it takes away your margin for error. Now you gotta you gotta now you've gotta go win at Arizona right. or go right. win, you know, at USC. At UCLA and USC, yeah, yeah. I mean, which is doable. Nobody in this conference is very good. And we deserve to be included in that pack. So that means that every game is winnable. But unfortunately, the way we've played, every game's also losable. I mean, again, we have to remember this is the team that went to double overtime to beat Fullerton and lost to Princeton. 
And so you look at that and say, well, you know, we can't be too cocky. And maybe that was the problem against Princeton, but you can't blame that two games in a row. Like, you know, that's, I mean, if that's the problem, that's bad. Because Princeton should have been the wake-up call. Apparently it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm having a little bit of flashbacks to Glasser's senior year team, which yeah. we could finish third in the conference and still go to the NIT. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I am unfortunately having flashbacks to going to a different sport, the 2014 football season, when much like this, we played this big traditional power at home and everybody made it into the biggest game ever. They got to win this game to prove they've arrived. We won the game. Everybody patted themselves on the back for six days. And then we followed it up by laying an egg at Corvallis and we barely beat Washington State and we lost to Arizona. And eight and one turned into nine and three, and you thought, uh, "What happened there?" And that's the feeling I'm having now. And that's why I say maybe we got to get away from this mentality of like, "Oh, this one win means we've arrived." No, winning one game and then winning the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one—that means you've arrived. Yeah. It, when you win the games you're supposed to win, yeah, and you reach up. And get one, and you win some big games, right? You know, right? You know, it, it, and, and the season would feel a lot different if we beat, if we lost this game, but we had beat Princeton and Vandy. Sure, you know? sure, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it still would be a a tough one to swallow because it's a game we should have won. But yeah, I mean, now you've got you've got four losses, three of which are to teams that likely will not be in the tournament. Two, probably for sure, unless they get auto bids. And that's Utah and Princeton. I mean, neither one of them is anywhere in your top, you know, 100 teams in the country probably right now. And so it's just, it's disappointing. And, and yes, I mean, I, you and I have both been huge fans of Bobby Hurley, and I still am. Mm-hmm. Not ready to, you know, put him on the hot seat or anything like that, any crazy things like that. But it is fair to question, why can't we maintain success? We had a taste of it last year. Then it fell off the table. And it's early this year, and maybe he'll shut us up. But another conference season like last year of right around 500 would definitely raise the question of, okay, why can't we do this more consistently? Why can't we take the November-December success and replicate it in January and February and March? Speaking of people who have been able to shut up the critics, Dabo Swinney Nick Saban, national yeah, title game. Yeah, I mean, Clemson football is is the program that I've used as a bear as a barometer for our football program before, and and that's this is why because they just keep doing it. And again, it's easy now to look at and say oh, Clemson's a power. Well, they they didn't used to be. Dabo Sweeney's done it. Now Alabama has been a power long before Saban, and he's gotten them back to a level they you know weren't at before he got there. But it can be done, and both of them have done it, and, and uh, here we go with you know championship game number three between them, and it should be really fun. Uh, I think any, anybody who's complaining about this just likes to complain. Like these, these are two great teams. Just enjoy it. They played two epic title games. I would expect this one to be really good, too. Matt, you've watched both these teams live in the last have. two games that they've played. Um, yeah. Do, did that give you any sense from watching them, either why they they have been so dominant or anything about this game? Yeah. Well, Clemson certainly looked better in the game I saw. I mean, Alabama didn't play its best game by any means. 
Tua got hurt, you know, early, very first drive, and that, you know, changed their offense, it seemed like. Um, Clemson played really well. Their their defensive line creates havoc. And and even, even without, without their starters. <laughs> even without Dexter Lawrence. I, was, I mean, you know, you still, I saw in that game, you know, Ian Book had a really good season, really good season, and, and was certainly the right quarterback for them. But you saw his limitations a bit, and and he he kind of got antsy, and and he you know he tried to run more than he probably should have, and um, and you know Clemson's D line was very much responsible for that. They got pressure on him, they made it difficult, they stopped the run even without Lawrence, um, and their offense. I mean, with those receivers, Justin Ross is a is a future star. I think. I mean, I've been hearing about him all year, and he kind of had his coming out party in that game. Trevor Lawrence is great. I mean, some of the throws he made were spot on. Like the the third down and long throw for the touchdown and at the end of the first half was a throw that he just made look easy, but most quarterbacks couldn't make. Um, and so they certainly looked better. But you know, gosh, I think I saw Alabama on their worst day, and they still managed to beat you know the number five team in the country in that team's backyard. So they're still pretty good. Yeah. Uh- the thing about Lawrence when you draw the ASU to Clemson comparison is it does give you hope that one of the three freshmen next year could be the guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I've thought about that. I mean, this is three years in a row that a true freshman is is starting in the championship game. It was, you know, it was Hurts two years ago, Jake Fromm last year, and then obviously Tua came off the bench and played, and then Lawrence this year. And, and so, you know, obviously all three of those teams are very talented. Those quarterbacks are five-star guys. Um, so it's a bit of an apples oranges comparison, but I certainly have thought that like, well, Hey, you know, the, the very best are starting true freshmen and having success. So we should be afraid to do it. So when the season started, your national title pick was Clemson. Was Clemson. Yep. My national title pick was Alabama. Yep. And here we go. And I don't know, did we have them playing each other? I had Alabama. I had Clemson, Alabama, I'm pretty sure. You had it. I did not. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for me, it's easy. I'm just going to stick with Alabama. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are, I assume you're sticking with Clemson. Has anything changed your mind? Well, I mean, I I am going to stick with Clemson, not, not in a way of uh, – diminishing or demeaning Alabama at all. I mean, they're, they're really good and they've got tremendous offensive skill talent. I mean, it's amazing. They got, you know, great quarterback, three great running backs, four great receivers, a great tight end. I mean, it's, it's almost not fair how much talent they've got just well, in the skill positions. It's so different from it how is. they did it at the start of the Saban era. Where it, it was it defense is, it is. and, you know, six-year senior and quarterbacks. And yep, exactly. Average quarterback play that just kind of stayed out of the way. Uh, it's it's totally different. Yeah, I mean, he has, he has embraced the offense that he initially hated and that he used to complain about. The spread, the hurry up. He's, he's embraced it, and, and they've done it well, and he's recruited great talent to run it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hey, I picked Clemson at the start of the year. I said I, I predicted that Trevor Lawrence would be the starter and he'd win the championship, and why back off it now? Um, I, you know, I think if I, was to, if I was to go X's and O's on you or somewhat, the, the big key to me is I saw Georgia get pressure on Tua and fluster him a little bit and throw off that passing game. Clemson can do that too. I think they'll win. If they don't, 
they probably will not. I think that is the that is the make or break part of the game. They've got to get some pressure on him and try to get him a little bit flustered and you know a little bit banged up if they can't you know hit put some hits on him. That I think is the is the difference in the game if they can do it. I'm going Alabama over Clemson, twenty six to twenty four. Okay, so you got another you got another thriller, and I think it will be too. I, I think maybe a little higher scoring. Um, I'd go uh, thirty five thirty one. My my thought on game flow. I know Alabama comes out with big first drives all the time. Right. Clemson does yeah. the same. My expectation is there will be commentary early about everyone was expecting an offensive shootout, and here we go with a defensive <laughs> battle because. Could be. I, I just think that both of these teams now know each other so well. It's basically like a conference game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, that that is very possible. We see that a lot in big postseason games when there's pressure and you know the, the the brightest of lights and guys are just a little bit off. They're a little amped. You know, you expect them to come out and just start scoring touchdowns left and right, and doesn't always happen. I mean, uh, today is the is the 13 year anniversary of Texas USC, which ended up a game like that. But at the half, I believe, was 16-10. wasn't that high scoring. Second half was back and forth. Um, you know, and so it could be a game like that where first half's a little bit, a little bit bumpy, and then as they get into the flow of the game, you might see the offenses start to have more and more success. After this game, you know, at the same time as pitchers and catchers reporting, basically ASU's going to have spring ball. So there's not a yeah. big gap for ASU. There is not, no. Less than a month after the championship game, we start spring practice, I think. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and I don't know about you. I, I, I made an allusion to this, but, I mean, uh, you're, you're not as big of a national football fan as I am. You're a little bit more, you know, concentrated on your teams and, you know, but – I mean, do you get the uh, the consternation about Clemson, Alabama too much? Like, this is a great game, isn't it? Why are people upset by that? I don't understand it because, you know, I think on some level because I'm not such a national, you know, I like watching good games. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, you know, I know you can sit, you know, we did it when I was there and watched the <laughs> Birmingham Bowl. Right, like right, for yes. me, when I'm on my own, it's like, eh, you know what? I'm gonna watch Narcos Mexico on Netflix instead. Sure, sure, um, and that's why. Yeah, yeah. You you come at it from a little bit different perspective than me. But that's why I want the national title game to be a good game. That's why right. I, you know that's why I wanted that Texas bowl game to be a good game because yes, you know, sh- show me Texas Georgia, show me alabama clemson give me teams i care about or that are national powers playing each other exactly exactly that's why if i wasn't the two best teams and yeah if i wasn't an asu fan i wouldn't have watched our bowl game because it was a good team against a bad team and that's right right right. no i agree i agree i mean and i you know we watched that game because we were just sitting around here but there were plenty of bowl games i didn't pay that much attention to um because they're not very good games but yeah i mean this is this is a great game i mean and it look it may or may not be a great game who knows you know it could be a route could be a snoozer i doubt it um but it's it's the two best teams all year they're both 14 and 0 they've they've blown out most of their competition uh you know if you don't like this i feel like you just want to complain but the bottom line is if you don't want to watch it don't watch it yeah it's the bachelor premiere 
You don't have to right. watch this. Right, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're unhappy with Alabama and Clemson dominating every year, then don't watch. There'll be plenty of other people who do, like me, who want to see the two best teams, and they are. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was hoping Notre Dame could win, but this is a great game. I can't wait for this game. And, and you know, I mean, this is, this is as good as it gets as far as I'm concerned. Um, they're clearly the two best teams, and now we get to see them face off with everything on the line. Uh, you know, what more could you ask for? Well, and it goes also, I think, on some level to how do you view it? If you only care about your team, right. then you're not going to be happy whoever's playing. Right, yeah. unless your team's in it. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, I mean, I, I get that there's a little bit of Alabama fatigue. I could see that. I mean, they've been in it so many times or close to it. Even the years they haven't made the title game, they've they've been in the mix um, in the last decade. And Clemson's been, you know, in the championship picture now four years in a row. But somebody's got to go beat them. I mean, that's the fact. So go beat them. Notre Dame had a chance. Oklahoma had a chance. They didn't get it done. Yes. Georgia had a chance last year. They didn't get it done. Georgia and, had know, a chance so you, in the SEC title game. They did. They did. And and so you just keep at it. I mean, that's the whole discussion about, you know, Notre Dame and, oh, they got, you know, they got beat up and uh, is there a talent disparity? Well, I mean, you keep at it. You keep working. It's the same thing I said about ASU basketball. You know, you, you don't give up. You don't say, well, we lost to Clemson. Let's just shut down the program. No, you keep at it. And eventually somebody will beat these teams because we've seen it before. Well, USC I, was unbeatable. You know, and now they're, they're very beatable. How, uh, how you know? about women's college basketball? No one right. beat UConn. Well, last year UConn didn't win the title. For last the year they lost. Another the year before they lost. Yeah, you know, they lost in the final four two years in a row in great games. I'm not a huge women's basketball fan, but great games. Yeah, I mean, so you keep – you keep at it. And again, I mean, we've just in our lifetimes, we've seen, you know, Miami was unbeatable. Florida State was unbeatable. USC was unbeatable. And then they all started becoming beatable and teams started beating them and they all fell off. And it will happen. You know, it, it, it will. Uh, Alabama's been beaten. Clemson's been beaten. So, you know, you keep at it and there'll be others who can give them a challenge. This year wasn't that year. This year they are clearly the two best. That doesn't mean next year will be the same thing. Let's pivot now to the NFL playoffs. Okay. Saturday games. So you got three straight days of, you know, major playoff football. You got Saturday NFL, Sunday NFL, and the national title game. Saturday games, Colts at Texans. Yep. Backed up by Seahawks at Cowboys, a rematch of the Tony Romo fumble game. That's right. That's right. And if if you'll give me just a moment to toot my own horn a bit, Seahawks. I, I said they could be in the mix for the playoffs, and they made the playoffs. So I'm going to pat myself on the back about that one. And my I may favorite, not have said it. My favorite part of that is you did that in a positive way as opposed to saying, and you, Ben, just You told bombed. me they were going to stink. You did. You know, <laughs> uh, you did. But I tried not to focus on that. Um, but, yeah, you know, you did say they were going to stink. And so did a lot of other people. Um, you know, Will Bond all offseason was talking about them going 4-12. and 12. Like, yeah, I don't, don't see it happening. Um they're, you know, they still have a lot of good, and and then the other game, I I didn't pick them to make the playoffs, but boy, am I thrilled for the Colts and thrilled for Andrew Luck. After all the you know amateur doctors who said his career was over, he's back to playing really well, and it's it's awesome. I I love seeing them get in, and I hope they I hope they keep winning. But just a great year for him to be back healthy and playing so well. Well, and also, let's give a little nod to the greatest quarterback ever, Nick Foles. 
Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I, but, he's but back that's in the what playoffs. I'm hearing on the. That's what I'm hearing on all of the. You know, right, right, right. Hot yes. shows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are uh, we are reactionary, if nothing else, as sports fans, and you know, all these teams that are having their uh, pats on the back right now will will go away for four of them when they lose this weekend. And, you know, and if the Eagles lose, it'll be, ah, Nick Foles, he wasn't that good in the first place. And that may be the truth, but um, we'll see, you know, but, but uh, I'm excited for this weekend's games. There's, there's some, uh, there's some good ones. And I, I think I'm probably most excited for the first one. Texans and Colts is a, a fun game for me. Um, two quarterbacks that I've followed through their careers and I'm, I'm anxious to see him play. Do you have right now of the wild card weekend teams mm-hmm. a team you think who do you think has the best chance to make a run? Uh the winner of Baltimore and the Chargers. That's where I think too. I think that that one is most likely I think that as much as it pains me I think the Bears are a good team. I do too. But I I'm do worried too. about this, the Eagles. I don't think they'll be. Me too. Back, you know. Me too. That uh, that's a that's an interesting game because yeah, I mean if the if the Bears win that, I can see them going to L.A. and winning in round two. Their defense now, I don't is that know, good. It is. It is, and they they flummoxed the Rams the first time around. Now that was in Chicago. It was cold. It was nice. All that stuff. But they absolutely threw golf for a loop, and I'm not sure that that uh, they can make enough adjustments to to get past that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I think the Bears could, but yeah, I think Baltimore slash L.A., whoever wins that game, and I, I picked the Chargers at the start of the year to win the AFC, and I'm tempted to ride with them, but Baltimore is playing so well. They've got, the, they've got this defense playing just so, so well, and they're running the ball so well in, in a way that you know teams don't do in the NFL. I mean, Kornheiser made the point today on PTI. Teams aren't built to stop the run because nobody does it anymore. And they've, they've found this niche of, hey, we're going to run it 70% of the time. We're not going to be shy about running Lamar Jackson and try to stop us. And nobody's really done it yet. Yeah, I, that, that to me is the biggest. Lamar Jackson's the biggest piece of this because he's a completely different element and there's just not yeah. much film on him because most of the year it was Flacco. No. So right, you're, exactly. you're kind of having to look at his college stuff um, and, and, you know, all the people, every time he has success, you hear the same thing. He's too light. You know, right. there aren't running quarterbacks in the NFL. The league doesn't do this. It's like, well, right. You know, we used to not throw the ball 50 times no, a game. And, no, and then exactly. everyone said that was crazy. And you can yeah. never win with that offense. Now everyone does it. And now everyone does. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, is it a question whether this is sustainable for him to run this much for a long period of time in his career? I think it absolutely is a question. Yeah. But. Is it sustainable for four games this, you know, the rest of this year? Probably so. And, you know, now all it takes is one hit and he's hurt and, uh, you know, everything might change. But that's um, true for Drew Brees. You know, exactly. That, you know. Exactly. For Pat Mahomes, for, any, you know, anybody. Yeah. I mean, everything changes if the starting quarterback gets hurt. There's very few teams that are built to probably withstand a starting quarterback getting hurt in the playoffs. I, I um, think that you maybe, could make a colorable argument that the Ravens are in the best position to do it because I was gonna they say, can just maybe turn Baltimore back around. Swan. With, you know, <laughs> yeah, they've they've got a pretty good backup quarterback Super who's done Bowl very champion. well in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and taking them on some other runs to conference title games and won road games in the playoffs. And you know, yeah, I mean they 
they certainly do. Obviously, the Eagles, you know, are already playing their backup. Yeah. Um, you could make an argument for the Bears, given their style of play, that, you know, could they have success with Chase Daniel? Yeah, they probably could. Not. I mean, we saw that the Saints cannot. Um, right, right. I mean, you know, I, I think, yeah, I mean, if you take Mahomes out or you take Breeze out or you take Brady out, uh, Goff, uh, I mean, those those teams are not built to withstand an injury to their quarterback. Uh, you know, the, the drop-off is big. And it's it's supposed to be. I mean, you and I talked about this last year with, with respect to Brett Hundley and everybody killing Brett Hundley. Like, yeah, he's not as good as the starter. Are you surprised by this? He's not supposed to be. You know, like, it's, it's, that's life in the NFL. Your backup's usually not as good. Uh, that's why he's your backup. So, yeah, there's there's a few scenarios, and certainly Baltimore would be interesting because then they'd have to go back to playing a different style and – you know, it, it could happen. Everybody writing the end of Joe Flacco's tenure, what if he ends up getting in and playing well, and then all of a sudden the dynamic changes completely in the offseason for them? Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, look, there. it would not stun me. I'll say this. It would not stun me if they have a package for him. Yeah, because yeah. You know, you look around at what the Saints do with Hill, and obviously Flacco's different. Right. But put you know, put Jackson out wide and and Flacco right. in the shotgun, and you know, run Jackson on a route or double pass yeah. or you know. I mean, it would be interesting to see what they would do if if they fell behind by you know a couple of touchdowns in the second half, and all of a sudden that running game isn't as effective. Can you you know would they would they go that they haven't. You know, since they've gone to Jackson, they've only lost once, and that was in overtime, a game that they led late. And, you know, Mahomes led them on that great touchdown drive there to, to tie the game. Um, so they haven't had to come from behind much, and now they have to, mm-hmm. if they have to, I should say. Yeah. It'll be it'll be an interesting weekend of football. It will. It will. So let's, let's run through some picks. We got 12 teams. Let's go through the bracket. Pick your games this week, and let's let's go all the way through the Super Bowl. How would you pick them? Okay, well, I let's start this way. I don't think it's going to be straight chalk this weekend. I don't either. Um, I think that, but I think that much like the way you're rooting is how I think it will go. I, I think the Colts will win. I I think the Seahawks will win, and I think the Chargers will win. But I think the Bears okay. beat the Eagles. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going. I'm with you on the Colts. I do have the Colts winning. Um, I think Dallas wins. I'm rooting for Seattle, but I think um, there's still, you know, there's still something that makes me nervous about them. The loss to San Francisco. They almost lost to Arizona. Like I just don't know if they could do it consistently. And Dallas has that really good defense. They similar teams. They play the same way. They run the ball. They play good defense. They have good quarterbacks who can make plays on the run. Um, I'll go Dallas in that. Baltimore and L.A. really, really, really is tough for me because I want to pick the Chargers because I picked them at the start. But I'm going to go Baltimore. And I think I'm going to go Chicago, but it makes me nervous. So then I have – I've got the Bears and the Rams, Seahawks and Saints. I'm taking the Saints and – the Bears. Okay. With the that matches up with me. I'm taking Saints over Dallas and Bears over Rams. And then I'm taking the Saints to the Super Bowl. Me as well. On the bottom. Picked them at the, them at the start. Got to ride with them. 
On the bottom of the bracket, in my version, I've got Colts, Chiefs, yep. and Patriots, Chargers. I'm taking the Chiefs over the Colts, the Chargers over the Pats, and the Chiefs okay. over the Chargers in an AFC West shootout. Okay. I'm going to go uh, Chiefs over Colts, although I think the Colts could give them a lot of trouble because of their defense, but I'll go Chiefs. Um, Ravens over the Patriots, and Baltimore over Kansas City. Wow. Baltimore in the Super Bowl. And then I'm I'm taking the Saints. That's my me, playoff me pick too. is the Saints. Me too. If only I, I, to screw the Packers on the trade so that they have the, <laughs> the last pick in the first round. I mean, much much like Clemson, I picked the Saints at the start of the year and they haven't done anything to dissuade me. They went thirteen and three. Uh, so why why change my mind now? They are ESPN's top rated team in the playoff primer, which is worth nothing or whatever that's worth yeah exactly yeah but hey it's it's better than not being i guess um yeah i I think they i thought they were the you know built for it i thought their defense would be better this year it's it's been a little up and down at times it's looked really good other times not at all um but i think you know being at home is such an advantage for them breeze plays so well at home that you know and then they get the super bowl indoors too if they get there Uh, they don't they don't have to play outside the you know the rest of the way and that that's a big advantage for that offense yeah yeah so i'm that's where i'm going i think okay i think that you know the question for me then would be you've heard almost no chatter at least i've heard almost no chatter uh if that happens does breeze say thanks I could see that he might. I could see that he might. I mean, I, I remember he was on Dan Patrick at last year's Super Bowl, and and he asked him kind of like, you know, do you still intend to play X number more years? And he was like, you know, I think I could, but for me, it's a, it's about winning another Super Bowl, and and that has stuck with me since. And I thought if if they could win another one, I think he might say, you know, I've had enough. I could still play, but you know, he's got four kids now, as you know, right off into the sunset on a high note, but who knows? Uh, you know, he hasn't, hasn't given any indication of that, but I could see that happening. I feel like he would be Tim Duncan. I think it would, it's just going to happen one day. It could. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I I could see that. And certainly, you know, the saints will, will want to know that if that's going to happen because yeah, Bridgewater didn't play great, but he also didn't have much around him in that game. And And he's good, you know, with the jets. In the preseason. He did. he did. He did. He's he's a free agent, and so you know they'd certainly probably try to bring him back if if that was to happen with Breeze. Um, who knows? You know, my my dad has thought that all year that you know the Saints were going to win the Super Bowl and Breeze was going to retire, and so he would he would uh, he'd be crowing a bit if that happened. But you know, I know he'd be happy too if they won another Super Bowl. I hope he bet that. I hope that he was in Vegas and put some. I don't good think money he did. That. I don't think he did. He's done the futures before, but I don't think he bet on the Saints this year. But, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's thought that all year. And I, since they lost to the Vikings last year, I felt like they were primed to do it this coming year. And like I said I haven't I haven't seen anything to change my mind. If you're a believer in you know history and coincidence and stuff like that. The last year they won the Super Bowl, the only year, they went 13-3, and and they lost to Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Dallas. And this year they went 13-3, and and they lost to Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Dallas. So the stars are aligning for them, maybe. I think that makes perfect sense. That's always how I've judged any situation. <laughs> um, I mean, I know, I know plenty of Saints fans are totally believing in that to the point where, 
you know, I think they were very happy that they got blown out by Carolina last week. Like, yeah, let's just keep it going. Keep the parallels exactly right. <laughs> well, there's going to be plenty of good football. There might even be a rehabbing of my back. Uh, That's right. Hopefully, yes. Yes. And, and we'll return early next week. We'll talk about everything that happened and what it means and where we think it'll go. And all of my picks are going to be wrong for the NFL playoff bracket. So if you want to make some money, say, we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do new picks based on the picks we got wrong. Um, <laughs> who win, Who will win the divisional games? Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.